pouring from the dunes now. There's cars toppled, buildings entirely crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I, I see some people running now. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, or in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. and firestormfan.com. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag from Firestorm Fan. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the ironic Rob Kelly from the Aquaman Shrine. How you doing, buddy? Uh, it is ironic, because I think that intro will be the only time we mention Aquaman in this episode. <laughs> nah, we might, get a, we might get a word or two in there about him. Um, believe as, as believe Rob, me, I'm, I'm in no big hurry to review number 20, so... <laughs> <laughs> As uh, as Rob has alluded to, folks, this is going to be a Firestorm-centric episode um, for those Aquanauts l- reaching for their MP3 player to turn it off. No, 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 not, not yet, not yet. Just bear with us. Stick with us. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the end of the Firestorm series, so it should be kind of an interesting discussion. We're going to talk uh, about the series in general, and we're going to talk about the issue number 20, which came out just this week. So, in fact, just uh, as the time of this recording came out yesterday. So, um, one thing I wanted to start off by talking about is a social media campaign I tried to push down everybody's throat uh, <laughs> just this, just this past week called uh, Firestorm Farewell, which was an effort where many of us uh, – I suggested that many of us take the incredible drawing by Luke Dobb of sort of the sad Firestorm is the best way to describe him and use that as our profile pictures on various uh, social medias. In fact, talked about it on the last episode of Fire and Water, in fact. And also use the hashtag Firestorm Farewell. Well, folks, let me tell you, you guys are amazing. Um, I haven't run the numbers yet, but last time I checked, before Wednesday, which was the big day, uh, we had over 100 people involved in the social media campaign that had changed their avatars to Firestorm fan. I, I mean, not Firestorm, but the, that sad Firestorm. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I realized, you know, in the scheme of it, 100 may not sound like a lot, but to get 100 people <laughs> on a social media platforms to do the same thing at the same time is, un- like, impossible. That's 10 more so. people that bought Firestorm. Ouch! <laughs> that, was, that was cold. That was cold. It is. It does constitute, I think, though, like, 1% of the total sales. So. <laughs> 
I, uh, I thought it was pretty funny. There was a conversation on Facebook. Uh, we were all going back and forth about something. And every single – it was like, I don't know, six or seven or eight comments. And every single person had the fire, had that same avatar. Right, right. right. <laughs> Russell Burbage came back with, I can't tell who's talking. <laughs> yeah, I did that too. And a, a friend of mine said uh, – a friend of mine said, she's like, I wasn't paying attention to the names next to the avatars. She's like, I thought Rob was talking to himself in this conversation. Eh. <laughs> it's quite possible you were anyway. Well, but... yeah, I didn't take my medication that day. So. Right, exactly, exactly. So uh, so I, I think the, the Fer- Firestorm Farewell campaign was a huge success. A lot of us gave shout-outs to former creators of Firestorm just kind of saying, hey – you know, hey Jerry Conway and Raphael Kane, and really love your stuff. It really holds up. You know, sad to see another Firestorm series canceled. And uh, heard back from a lot of them. Heard from Jerry. Heard from Yildre Sonar. Heard from Stuart Moore, Jamal Jamal Eigel, um, Chris Cross. Gosh, several other. Um, some of them are escaping me. I, I forgive me. But so heard back from a lot of the folks. It was really cool. So it was it was a nice sort of. It was a polite, but supportive uh, send off for the Nuclear Man. In fact, uh, Russ Burlingame, who's a, who's a Firestorm fan and works for uh, writes for ComicBook.com, he actually asked Dan Jurgens about it. Uh, I, I had mentioned to Dan Jurgens on Facebook, and, and Dan wrote a message back saying thanks to the fans. And uh, Russ asked him, he said, "What do you think of the social media campaign that Firestorm fan website is doing this week?" Dan's response was, "He said, I think it's great, though it might have been a little more helpful if it started when we published number 13. <laughs> now, <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, all right. Now, now to be fair. Now, to be fair, we did really push the book when issue 13 came out. We didn't do something to this magnitude. Right. Hindsight's 2020. Right. But, I, um, yeah, I mean, we're not going to dig too deep into what Dan said because it's just kind of probably an offhanded comment. But I'm going to say that if if a, if a having a podcast exclusively devoted to your title since issue number one did not help sell this book, then people just were not going to buy it no matter what happened. I think yeah. we did – you know, there aren't too many new 52 titles that had – an entire podcast devoted to it. So, you know, we did our bit for King and Country. Yeah, Luke, Jack, and Eddie. No Hawkman podcast. Anyway, but Dan, Dan did continue to say, uh, that, having been, that having been said, I think it's a real positive for fans to explore ways of raising the awareness of their favorite characters. So that was nice. So. Yes, and it was positive. You should so, be proud of yourself. It was, it was a positive campaign, and that, was the, and that stuff can spiral out of control very quickly. So the fact that everybody kept their wits about them, that's a, that's a testament to the, to the thing you set up, Shay. Well, that and I think match heads are just level-headed people, you know. I think uh, it was it was great. Everyone that participated, I, I can't thank you guys enough. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I really it's just a, an effort to show support for the character, and that's what I cared about at the end of the day. And uh, I think it was great, you know. Um, hopefully, some people noticed, you know. He's in the Justice League, so that's pretty good. You know, it's not like he's gone forever. Exactly. Um, wanted wanted to talk a little bit about the series in general. Just kind of like, you know, where where have we gone up to here? You know, if you go back in time, we finished Brightest Day. Y'all might remember that. It was, it was a great series, 26 issues. Firestorm was featured pretty heavily in it. And all signs were pointing to a Firestorm ongoing coming out of Brightest Day. And, you know, with Brightest Day being Jeff Johns and, you know, uh, gosh, there was a great number of people on that thing. But, you know, Jeff Johns leading that book, I mean, we kind of all figured – that either Jeff Johns or one of his sort of um, 
uh, proteges. That's not fair. That's not fair at all. But one of the, one of the people, like just by way of example, Jeff Lemire is usually associated with Jeff Johns in a lot of ways. Like if Jeff Johns starts a book, Jeff Lemire sometimes finishes it, things like that. So if someone like you know Jeff Lemire had been tied to the Firestorm book, which actually was rumored at one point, that would have been pretty cool. It's kind of what we expected. Well, you know, Brightest Day came and went. It was over. And ended on a huge cliffhanger. Ronnie and Jason found out that there was a clock ticking, and they were essentially going to detonate if they didn't solve whatever's going on. So we're all like, ooh, what's going to happen? And then Friday's Day ended, and there was no announcement. Strangest darn thing. You know, how, why would you not announce, you know, new Firestorm series? And, of course, at that point, we didn't know about the new 52. So a month or two, or maybe it was only a few weeks went by, but either way, some period of time went by, we're all kind of scratching our head going, where's our Firestorm series, by golly? And then they announced the new 52. And then within uh, you know, a short period of time there, they announced the creator. So that's when, that's when it just started blowing our socks off. We were told Ethan Van Skyver and Gail Simone were going to be writing Firestorm. Dude, talk about mind being blown. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, Gail Simone, one of the fan favorite writers, Ethan Van Skyver, one of the fan favorite artists, and also one of the idea men behind, you know, the uh, multicolored lantern storylines. Just, oh, what a great setup. We were, us matches, we couldn't be happier. We were very excited for it. And it worked out we so well. Yildere- we, we heard Yildere Sinar was attached to the book. We'd seen his work on Legion. We knew he was a Firestorm fan. Nope. I mean, all, what's that? That worked out well. Uh, that worked well, out well. All signs were pointing to success. They really were. Again, coming off of Brightest Day, Ethan, Gale, Yildirei, I mean, just wow. This, 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 you know, really, really looked like things were going to go well. Then we got the first couple images and the information that it was going to be two separate firestorms. People got a little nervous, you know, myself included, not going to lie. So the two Firestorms were a little different than uh, first issue came out. And let me tell you, the thing is, the first issue sold incredibly well. It really did. I'm, I'm trying to bring up the figures right now. They sold a crap ton of the first issues. In fact, it went to second printing. Now, everything went to second printing, admittedly, um, in, in the New 52. I don't know if you remember that. Every comic, got, I believe, got a second printing that was a first issue of the New wow, 52. Wow, really? I don't remember that. I, I, I want to say it was every single comic. That seems, that seems funny in retrospect. I know. I know, doesn't it? OMAC, well, I, second printing. <laughs> well, I'm apparently not going to locate what I'm looking for, but I want to say it was somewhere around 40000 for the first go-round and then another 10000 for the second printing. That's what my memory serves. Oh, found it right here. Okay. Um Combined total of 56,000, almost 57,000 issues were sold of number one. That's great. Yes, yes it is. Unbelievable. Well, uh, you know, that, that, if that could have held or even came remotely close to holding, the series would have been extremely successful. But a lot of people were turned off by the new story on. They didn't, they didn't accept the changes. They were, the, the concepts of Fury kind of threw them. Or they were just in for the number ones. I don't know. Either way, sales in the book quickly declined. Uh, Yildere Sonar was knocking out of the park with artwork, but then after a few issues, there was some, for whatever reason, they gave him an inker. Now, you and I weren't as thrilled with the inkers as we liked Yildere's pencils on his own, but, you know, it still was doing pretty well. Then, um, very quickly, rumors started about Gale leaving the book. I mean, probably by, by issue three, rumors were that Gale was going to be leaving the book. So, you know, you start off with a, 
storyline that wasn't completely embraced by the fans, regardless of whether, I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was very intriguing. It just wasn't embraced by the fans. One of your lead writers gets rumored to go. Your art team's changing up. Things didn't look well. Gail leaves the book, issue six. Ethan draws a couple issues, which is great. Um, and, and Joe Harris comes on the book. So all that was, that you know, I thought we were going to you know turn the corner when Joe Harris came in the book and Ethan drew some issues. And there was a bit of a bump in sales. Not a lot. But um, I'd say by issue six, things kind of stabilized as far as where sales were going to be. They, 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 started, they were still petering off, but they, they were starting to equalize. There wasn't that huge, sharp drop. Like from issue one to issue six was huge, huge drops. So it starts stabilizing. I, I was hoping that things were going to turn around. Um, they wrote some really intriguing stuff, really interesting stuff. We got to see more and more of the international firestorms. Just unfortunately, whatever reason, it didn't take with the fans, you know? So they got to uh, they got to finish out their run through issue number twelve and number zero, but at the end of that, we got to return to a more classic firestorm. You know, we got the Ronnie and Jason fusing together to form one being. So it was it was almost as if it's not that the first set of first twelve issues didn't happen, but it's almost as if we got jumped right from Bradest Day to Firestorm number thirteen. If you felt if you followed, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Or story perspective was. And Stan Jurgens comes on the book, and let me tell you, man, I really, really enjoyed this book the last six months. Um, the fan response has been incredibly well. I think it's been very well embraced by the fans and old school fans and new fans alike. Um, unfortunately, though, it really didn't make that much of a change in sales. Still, still, sales were still sliding all the way across. So, I mean, DC made the right move in canceling it. They really did. Sales just were not there, and they were not beginning to grow either. But, uh, so Dan got Dan got six or eight issues, I guess, altogether. Um, eight. He started yeah, at tw- he, started at twelve and got to twenty. Yeah. So he got tw- eight issues to really do a nice, nice storyline. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I think it you know, all to, all in all, Dan really did a lot for the character. Kind of put him in, left him. In, he certainly uh, left him in a good place so that he can survive outside the Firestorm book afterwards. I think it's uh, Firestorm's on a good course now, and it's going to be good for the Justice League. But it's been it's been a long winding road, you know. I, mean, I, I glossed over a lot of stuff. There's a lot more ups and downs throughout it, you know. The, again, with Gail leaving, the rumors, and then her not leaving, but then she did leave, and all these things were. And Ethan leaving sort of suddenly. There was a it was a rough road, and and I wonder if they had launched number one as they did number thirteen, you know, with the fused firestorm right from the start. Oh, I wonder what would have happened. You got nothing on that? <laughs> I I uh, I don't necessarily agree that DC is making the right decision on canceling it. I understand, you know, in a pure number sense, but I think it's been established a long time ago that, but for the most part, uh, Warner Brothers regards DC Comics as research and development for properties, not yeah. not as an entity by itself, not as a profit making i'm sure every company's got to make a profit but as we all know you know warner brothers is not going to get rid of dc comics even if dc comics doesn't make a profit because getting rid of dc comics would mean getting rid of superman and batman and they're sure as hell not going to do that (laughs) so you know it's kind of i kind of feel the same way about when when certain like moderately rated tv shows get canceled um i look at it and say unless you have another show ready to replace it, that you know is going to be a blockbuster, is absolutely going to do better. I'm not sure the, 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 
the, the wisdom in, in getting rid of it and getting rid of the other show. So, you know, unless DC has another Batman title lined up, which, you know, they, they might, I guess. But you know what I mean? Like, unless DC has, you know, a Batman book that's going to be done by, you know, uh, pick two hot names right now to replace Firestorm on the schedule, I'm not sure what new book is going to necessarily do that much better. And I think uh, I think it's the green team. There you go. It's a perfect example. The green team? Is the green team going to sell better than Firestorm? The green team? Uh, you know, I mean, I think there's a, there's a certain merit to having a relatively established character, which Firestorm is, um, out there on a regular basis. And I think getting rid of it um, is not necessarily the greatest move in the world in terms of just having that property out there. Um, again... You know, I don't know the business, and I'm, I, I try not to be one of those fans that's like, you know, DC should just do this. Because it's so easy to say, you know, they should just do this when you're not the one that has to do it. But, I, you know, you look at, there are a lot of New 52 books that are selling in this range. And, uh, you know, I just don't I just don't foresee them replacing it with some blockbuster of a title. So, I'm, I'm very sorry to see her go. I'm sorry to see her go on a creative level. I'm Sorry to see it go because that's half the show. You know, I'm not that we're <laughs> not, not that we're you know hurting for topics to cover. We have more topics to cover than we can ever even get to. But you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I just I think the green team, like for example, is like a fun idea. But the green team's n- not going to be bringing any more money than Firestar. Yeah, actually, I stopped by my comic shop yesterday and just out of curiosity, I asked him, you know, how's it selling? Green team, that is. Uh, and he honestly, he's like, I haven't sold a single issue. Right. Blew, blew, blew me away. I was like, really? Gail Simone? He's like, haven't sold a single issue. You know, the, this fallacy that we have about, again, this is related to movies, but like this fallacy that there are creators that are so massively popular that people will follow them to every project. I just don't think that's true. I mean, there are movie stars that can't open certain movies. You know what I mean? Like there are people who are huge movie stars uh, like, you know, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks is like the biggest movie star on the planet, but if he does a movie about, uh, a guy who loses his job and goes back to college, nobody goes to see it. Nobody goes to see it. So, you know, did, did he, did he do that? Yes. It's called Larry Crown. And, it, I, and know, it, I don't know. Who that yeah, is. I know you know nothing about pop culture outside of like three things you're interested in. Uh, but he, <laughs> it's, Shag's like, it's Firestorm, Doctor Who, and, uh, that's it. That's all I'm interested in. Um, but it, it, it co-starred like, Julia Roberts. I like my kids. That doesn't count as pop culture. Uh, I mean, it was, a movie, it was a movie co-starring Julia Roberts, the other biggest star on the planet. And nobody went to see it. Tom Cruise did a movie, an action movie called Jack Reacher, based on a popular series of novels. And nobody went to see it. Wait, is that the one where he's the, the cop who's, you know, really tough? Yes. Okay, it's, cause, it's because he's a douche. No, but that's, no, right? But, but, but I mean, the idea that, like... The green team is going to sell because Gail Simone is writing it is ridiculous. That's not a comment on Gail Simone at all. I mean, look at this. The sales on Aquaman are dropping. They're not dropping precipitously, but they're dropping. And John's is still writing that book. So it's just it, this you, – you can get people in the door with big names, but it, it, it's not going to last. And so, you know, like I said, I just think my – if you're going to look at DC as as – these global icons, which are trying to turn into movies and cartoons and stuff, which is what Warner Brothers is trying to do. 
I think there's a vested, a vested interest in having a firestorm out there on a regular basis, not the green team. You know, again, not that necessarily the green team is their firestorm replacement on the schedule, but you know what I mean. Or, well, it sort of is. I mean, it came out well, right, right as firestorm goes out. Right, Gil, Gil Simone's writing it. Right, you right, know, it's. Right. I mean, there's there's some to that. Right. So that's all. Uh, so you know, that, that's it. Well, I'm looking at the numbers right now. I mean, last month. Uh, Firestorm only sold 10,000 copies, basically. Which really, in the scheme of things, is not a lot. No, it's not. I mean, it really is a low number. Uh, he was 183rd on the schedule of, you know, comics out there. So, hey, I, I don't fault DC for the decision at all. I really don't. As much as I wish he was out there. I also don't believe that he's really fodder for the Warner Brothers. Um, the Warner Brothers, uh, you know, expansion. Because, uh... Yeah, putting a guy out there whose head's on fire. Well, right. A, a teenager whose head's on fire right, because, is a little uh, right. dangerous. Yeah, because we know he's never appeared in any sort of cartoon before. His head looked like molded plastic, dude. <laughs> I guess you're right. I guess there's, there's always a market. I don't think they could do a live action with him, though. No, but that's not – I'm not just saying live action. I just mean – look, again, DC is a research and develop. look, why do you think – Disney bought Marvel for like three billion dollars. Theme park, right? Exa- well, exactly for the sales of Spider-Man. No, they don't care about the sales of Spider-Man. They want to own Spider-Man so they can put Spider-Man in a theme park. And again, now I'm not saying Firestorm has that same level of broad appeal, but he's been around for 30 years. He appeared in a cartoon. He's had numerous action figures. I think he's got more of a global presence than the Green Team or Vibe. Or, you know, even like Animal Man or, you know, whatever. And so, you know, again, I don't want to, like, we're kind of bubbing, spending too much time on this point. And I'm the one defending Firestorm over you, which is Which insane. is so weird. I know. And, I, I, I think I'm just. Well, you're wrong. Depressed. You're wrong is what it is, is that you're well, wrong. Oh, good. I, I, want to be, I want to be wrong. I'm just probably, <laughs> you know, kind of, I'm down to the dumps about this. You're, you're, you, you have, you have the, the, the uh. The Helsinki syndrome, not the Helsinki syndrome. What's that one? The, the thing where you uh, start to you start re- you start identifying with your captors. I forget the name of that thing. But. You know why you're getting it wrong, don't you? Why? Because uh, they said it. They said it in uh, Die Hard. I think it is Helsinki syndrome. Is it? Yeah. Stockholm syndrome. That's Stockholm syndrome. A bunch of people are. If anybody's still listening to the show, they were yelling at me that it's not Helsinki. That, they got, Probably turn it off. Turn yeah. it off by now. Well, but. judging by our feedback from the last episode, I'm not sure anybody's listening to this anymore. Yeah, what's up with that, guys? Like, seriously, like, you know. <laughs> Everybody decided to take the week off, and they all collectively decided. Like, actually, almost two weeks, because we didn't hear much in the episode before, either. <laughs> it's like uh, the feedback sort of, like, dried up all of a sudden. We love yeah. you, Jack Dower. <laughs> Jack comes through for us. He's great. But it's just like, uh, it's like, wow. Either either that massive dose of, of feedback in episode 53, or 50 <laughs> broke them. Or, or something. I don't know. So I think I need to add an echo to this episode. It sounds like we're just talking into a void right now. We just miss you guys. We feel like we're doing this ourselves. <laughs> anyway, we got to get on this. Come on, Firestorm number twenty. I'm, I am, I am obviously meandering, folks. Yeah. I'm, I'm having difficulty with the cancellation. I mean, I'm not like crying into, you know, crawling up <laughs> a ball and crying. That but was before I'm, we started recording. That was no. That was probably when the announcement came out. But. um but you know it's 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 hard to, to do to, to get to this. So, but you know it is what it is. Let's let's um, why don't we take a quick break and then we come back. We'll recap number twenty and we'll talk about it. 
Hey, Ronnie, are you ready? You do know we're about to do a musical number, don't you, Jason? Uh-huh. I'm the one with the brains. <sighs> I'm the brawn. And when we get together, we get our hero on. I'm a book-learning guy. You got that right. A real sensation. I've got the power of transmutation. Oh, whoa. It feels so swell. Whoever thought two minds could work together so well. Oh, whoa, whoa. Feels so grand The surge of power when we touch our hands Uh-oh-oh We're two of a kind Uh-oh-oh One body with two minds When we transform We become the firestorm all right, Jason, go on. I'm the one with the brawn. I'm the brains. Put us both together and we'll fan the flame. I'm the one with the punch. Go get him, Ronnie. I've got the muscle. When danger's near, I'm the one who brings the hustle. Oh, whoa. It feels so grand. So many awesome powers at our command. Oh, whoa, whoa. We're a tale of intrigue. Do you think they'll ever let us in the Justice League? Uh oh, oh. We're two of a kind. Uh oh, oh. One body with two minds. When we transform, we become the fire. We become the fire I woke up from a nightmare I was burning in my dreams Don't even know how I got there But I heard the people scream Whoa, a firestorm A firestorm A fire, whoa A firestorm I'm the one with the brains I'm the brawn Hey, what's your dad doing dating my mom? Hey, it's not what it looks like. Huh, is that so? Then in study hall, you better leave my girlfriend alone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. It feels so fine. Please don't forget about Professor Stein. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't kiss and talk, but we once kind of made out with Firehawk. Ah, oh, she's hot. Totally. Uh-oh-oh We're two of a kind Uh-oh-oh One body with two minds When we transform We become the fire A raging burning fire We become the fire storm Fire!
firemen conspire, we become the firestorm. All right, folks, and we're back. And what you just listened to, if you weren't already aware, was you listened to a song called Two of a Kind by Mr. Luke Dobb. Absolutely love that song. We've played it before on the show, but just felt like, you know what? This, this, was the, this is the episode we should play it again. You know, Luke's getting a lot of play right now because of Firestorm's cancellation. He did that amazing drawing of Firestorm <laughs> with his back turned that everyone used. And now we're using his song. You're laughing at me saying he's getting a lot of play. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I realized it after I said it. Lucky man. He's probably sitting back going, oh, yeah, I am. That's why there's no comments. He's too busy. He doesn't have time to right. listen to podcasts. Exactly, exactly. So. All right, well, let's get into it. Firestorm number 20 by Dan Jurgens and Norm Rapmund, with cover by Dan Jurgens and Ray McCarthy, and colors by Hi-Fi. And just got to give a shout-out one more time to Brian Miller over at Hi-Fi. He's a huge Firestorm fan, great guy. He's been incredibly supportive throughout this whole series. He and I you know, go back and forth on Facebook. He's really a super guy. So uh, just want to say a personal thank you to Brian for, um, you know, Supporting the site and being so involved throughout it, uh, the series. And an amazing colorist. I mean, really, seriously. If, uh, if Rod Reese wasn't already doing such a good job on Aquaman, I would say definitely need to get a high-fi on Aquaman, you know? Yeah, they did a great job. They really did. Yes, they do. All right. So, cool cover. Uh, it's got Firestorm sort of flying away, and he's dragging by the scruff of their necks uh, Ronnie and Jason. And uh, it's just kind of a cool pose because it just shows, you know, it's Firestorm. Basically, he's, he's turning off the lights and, <laughs> he, and heading out, and he's taking them with him. And they're both kind of like, ooh. They're going off so, into the void there. Exactly. It's the crisis wall. Uh, story opens, Firestorm has just got his arse handed to him by Plastique and the other five villains that he fought last episode. And he's in trouble. He went flying out of this uh, this area where he was getting his butt beat and crash-landed on top of a car right in front of Jason's dad, Alvin Rush. And Jason's would-be girlfriend, but not so much on her side, uh, Tanya. So they're trying to drag Firestorm off to safety while he's pretty much not unconscious. And they are confronted by the hyena, one of the six villains that is out to get Firestorm. There's some uh, interaction there. Another hero, and that's in air quotes, folks, uh, another hero shows up to assist Firestorm and is revealed to be Major Force, um, who is tied to the Captain Atom universe. And in the old days, you probably know him as being a big fan of uh, refrigerated goods. Ouch. Well, just calling it like it is. So Major Force helps him out. They, uh, they, they dispatch Hyena and get attacked by Killer Frost. So they, they battle her for a little while. Firestorm go, realizes, oh, you know, oh my gosh, my mom's still in trouble with all the other with the other villains. So he goes off to rescue his mom. Well, Major Force fights Black Bison and Killer Frost. Meanwhile, by the way, all this is being observed by General Eiling, who dealt with Firestorm a few issues back and was tied to the Captain Adam program. So. Captain, uh, I'm sorry, General Eiling's watching all of this, being a total D-bag, you know, just watching and barking, and he's the one who sent Major Force there, and suddenly he is receives a, he, he's sort of controlling the situation, but suddenly gets out of his control when he receives a visit from none other than the last son of Krypton. We'll get to that in a moment. Snaps back, Firestorm's battling Plastique and Typhoon, and uh, a good little fight there, and Alvin Rush actually is the one who shows up and saves Ronnie's mom which I thought was a great moment. It's not Ronnie that saves Ronnie's mom, but 
Alvin Rush, uh, her, you know, would-be boyfriend, which I thought was really cool. He knocks out Plastique with a two-by-four. That made me pretty happy. So, um, then Firestorm returns and works with Major Force, and they face off against Multiplex, Killer Frost, and Black Bison. They, they take them out one by one in some clever ways, and we'll talk about that in a bit. And at the end of it, Major Force is sort of saying, hey, this is great, and there's been some veiled indications that he wants Firestorm to come work for the government. So then he uses a neural shock on Firestorm and knocks him out and kidnaps him. Now, I'm going to cut back a few pages to where General Eiling was being king of the D-bags, and I said he got confronted by Superman. Well, Superman's not alone. Brace yourself, folks. Superman is hanging with Professor Martin Stein. Dun, dun, dun. Woo! He, uh, Professor Martin Stein, who was sporting the Fraser Crane hairdo. Yeah, that, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> it's different. It's certainly different. It's a unique look. Anyway, uh, Professor Martin Stein is alive and well. Turns out he's been in hiding all this time because he knew there were people out there looking for the Firestorm Protocols. So they're confronting General Eiling because they know that he has designs on Firestorm and they want to put a stop to it. How exactly they found out, I'm not sure, but they did. So, as you may remember I mentioned ago, Firestorm got zapped by a neural shock, so Major Force knocked him out. Firestorm wakes up and he's in a room with Major Force. General Eiling, Superman, and Professor Stein. And they're all kind of having an argument about what should be done with Firestorm. And General's, General has his plans, and Superman and Professor Stein have their own plans. And Firestorm, once he's waking up, is just like, Dude, I'm here with Superman! So um, Superman takes care of Major Force with a nice little flick. And Professor Stein has a brief conversation with him. And Superman and Firestorm fly off, and Superman and says he'd like to introduce him to the Justice League. Wow. Nice ending, sort of reminiscent of the old DC Comics Presents when Firestorm had been gone for a year or so and came back after being, um, you know, after the DC implosion when he just disappeared for a while. Mm -hmm. He appeared in DC Comics Presents and hung out with Superman, and at the end, Superman invited him to join the Justice League. So I'm glad it was Superman that brought Firestorm in. That sort of carries the tradition of the old days and uh, makes for a nice moment. So it's kind of funny. Firestorm starts going, you know, uh, gets a little bit of diarrhea of the mouth. And he's all like, is there, an in there, is there an initiation? An official handshake? Do I get some kind of ID card? <laughs> Superman, rightfully so, says, if you don't mind me asking, exactly how old are you, Firestorm? <laughs> so, uh, you don't get a big, the end. You don't get a big, thanks for 21 issues, folks. You don't get a, you know, no more Firestorm. There's no commentary. I've seen a, a few people online say that, unless you were aware, you really wouldn't know that this is the last issue. Right. It's not on the cover. There's nothing really indicating this is the last issue. So <laughs> could have been one of those where you just go back to the comic shop next month and you don't find it. Oh, just a big empty space. Right. So, well, before I dive in with a lot of my comments, what, what did you think of the issue, Rob? Uh, I thought it was, I it was all right. Um, I, I still, and uh, the stuff that I didn't like about it was not anything having to do with Dan Jurgens. Like, I don't, I still don't buy into this premise that. All these other superheroes look up to Superman like he's a god. When in the New 52, he's been around like four years longer than they have. That just, <laughs> just rubs me the wrong way. And that's nothing, of course, having to do with Jerkins. That's an editorial thing. But when, when, when Firestorm in DC Comics Presents or in Justice League number 179 was like, wow, Superman. Well, that was Superman rocking 30 years of history. 
you know, for Farstrom to be impressed by. Now, I know within timelines it wasn't that long, but, you know, in, in the accumulated weight of the, the memory of the readers, Superman was this long-standing character. Here, you know, he's been around barely longer than Firestorm, so I don't get why Firestorm is so impressed. Um, I, I do like, you know, that it was him who brought him back into the Justice League. It's a nice old is new again thing. And the one little kid, little nitpicky complaint that I'm going to make, but it, to me it was a big deal, was on the last page where you mentioned that it doesn't say the end or anything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It says, but it ends with the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right next to that, someone jammed in an editorial note that says, uh, asterisk, the events of this story took place before Justice League number 19, Mike. To me, having that as the last sentence in the last issue really broke the spell of this book for me. Like, mm. Having this editorial note, as if anyone who is reading Firestorm at this point doesn't already know this. What new reader is buying Firestorm at number 20? <laughs> Everyone already knows this. So to me it was like, wow, thanks for underlining how stupid you think we all are for reminding readers of something they already know. And the fact that it was put, it's the placement of the, of the balloon is literally like the last thing in the book. And it just, it just seems so discordant to me. It, it, remi- it reminds me almost, I'm making a lot of comparisons to TV and movies, but it's almost like, think of your favorite TV show that went off the air, that like, you know, got to do like a final episode, and they wrap up all the story, you know, they wrap up the story in some very dramatic way, and this show ends with this beautiful denouement of, to everything that you've, you've loved about these characters to this point, and then the show comes back for 30 seconds to do bloopers. It would just be like, what? I don't want, like, it would just break the spell. And so to me, that little that little editorial note broke the spell of this being the last issue. I, I'm, I, 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 if, if I didn't, I have the book digitally. If I had a print version, I swear to God, I might get out uh, an old bottle of Whiteout and just white it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I don't have Whiteout anymore. So, I mean, technically right. the last words in the book are Firestorm created by Jerry Conway and Al Milgram, which is great. But that little editorial note, I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it actually probably, you know, if we're going to be nitpicky about it, then uh, it probably would have made more sense a couple pages back when he first sees Superman for the first time, right? Because that would have said, by the way, Firestorm's not part of the Justice League yet. He's just meeting Superman for the first time. That would have been kind of the place to put it, probably. Right. right. It just right. of all the places to put it, it just seems so strange to have it there be on the last page of the last issue. You know, and if that's the only thing we have to complain about, that's not too bad, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, a couple different things I really liked on this issue, and I'm just going to kind of flip through it. My notes aren't terribly organized, so I'm just going to flip through it a- as we go here. I was really impressed from from an artistic side with the hyena. I thought Dan Jurgens' sort of anatomy of the hyena looked really sharp. I mean, he's incredibly lean. You can see his ribs and stuff, the way his foot and the way the way his leg arcs and bends backwards and everything. Looked really cool. I thought that was a really nice hyena, and um, the claws look really threatening. I, I really dug that. A lot of times, the hyena just looks like a regular dude with fur and, and claws right. when they used to draw them in the classic series. So this was a nice sort of really animalistic hyena. I dug that. Hy- uh, Typhoon really did some cool stuff with Typhoon. I liked how he created the giant water fist and smashed Firestorm straight down. Kind of made him a, a little cooler than uh, I wasn't sure what to make of him out of for last issue. But seeing this, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. He's really got a lot of control there. So I dug that. Again, 
uh, Typhoon and Aquaman. They gotta meet. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, I made some probably disparaging comments about Killer Frost's new costume on the last review episode. I will say that under the hands of Norm Rabmund with Dan Jurgens, there's certain aspects of it I really like. I mean, overall, I still like her classic costume better, but I do like how the collar creeps up like spreading ice just under her chin. Uh, it looks really cool how it's sort of coming up on her face a little bit. That actually, I really, really got behind that. I thought that was really cool. So, And together, they draw a really sharp Killer Frost. I mean, she's a, she's a beautiful yet terrifying woman-looking woman, so I thought that was nice. One of the things also I want to say, Dan Jurgens really designed this comic in such a way that it was really was an incredible page-turner. Like, if I don't know if you get the same sense from a digital comic, but in a hard copy, all the right-hand facing pages have something forcing you to want to read the next page. Like the very first one, he's got, you know, hyenas laughing at them, but you haven't seen hyena yet. So you turn the page and you get, well, bam, there's hyena. You know, a little later you got a moment where um, General Eiling, you know, someone comes in to face General Eiling when he's, he's, you know, in his safe all those ways away and you don't know who it is, but you know they're super strong. Well, that happens on a page. You've got to turn the page to find out. Hmm. A lot of this was done really well. It happens again where General Eiling's like, you, who are, what are you doing here? Of course, it's Superman, you know. Professor, and then, Professor Stein's long hair. You're like, is this really going to continue? i got to turn the page to find out. i got to find out. i got to find out. Because that really freaked me out, his hair. Um, Science! Like, well, I'm getting to where Firestorm gets knocked out by major force. Again, you're forced to turn the page. Where Superman and... and um, Firestorm start talking, and Superman says, I'd like you to meet some friends of mine, forces you to turn the page. So it really was constructed very well from the really driving you to want to turn the page. I mean, it really was, I guess, it's a page-turner, this comic. So, <laughs> I think we got that. Yeah. But just very impressed. Now, Professor Stein and the hair. Um, yes, he, he's bald on top, and the rest, you know, he's, still got, he's got sort of the Jean-Luc Picard wraparound hair thing, but it's all long, like extraordinarily long. And it's very different, um, but it's immediately recognizable as an older gentleman. So what do you think of Major Force? I, 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 am, <laughs> I have no opinion of Major Force. Uh, I never cared about Major Force when he was new, and I don't care about him now. I despise Major Force in pre-New 52 continuity. Like, every time, he com- every time he'd show up, I just wanted to throw the comic in the trash. Like, I, I despised him that much. And it wasn't just because of the despicable things he did. I just couldn't stand the character. And I couldn't understand why people kept bringing him back. And I thought his costume colors were ridiculous, that purple and pink sort of thing. So, I will say his costume's a huge improvement here. He looks really good. Um, he looks, uh, honestly, he looks a little bit like Booster Gold with muted colors. But hmm. I liked how he constantly had a cigar. Hmm. At first, I was like, what? But then as it went on, it became sort of a joke. And I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> he always has a cigar in his mouth. So his, I kind of. His hair looks what? like it's made of snow. Made of snow? Yeah. Where are you? It looks like snow to me. It looks like snow that hasn't been walked on yet. <laughs> so remember that, boys and girls. If you grow a flat top, can you go quantum? It's no, gonna look, look, the, no, look like it's not a snow. Look, the, the the page where he shows up, where he's got his, where he's saying his own logo, that one panel where he's like saying his own logo. Yeah, and he's like, and I know you're on the level. How you don't yet? Look at his hair. It looks like uh, it looks like little people could ski down it. <laughs> look, you got to give this to me. This is for the last time we're ever going to mention this 
for slugging her character on this show, so. Bro, unless it becomes a recurring character on Aquaman. Yeah, so. it's not going to happen. I know. Now, there's two things in this book that it did leave me kind of scratching my head, where Superman knocks in the safe door. That seemed a little unlike Superman to me. You know, like, General Eiling, really, all he's doing is he wants to recruit Firestorm. He's not really doing anything necessarily terrible, as far as they know at this point. And yet Superman knocks a door off a safe and brings Martin Stein in there to threaten him. It, it seemed like a bit of overkill. Yeah. Well, he's a very young, callow Superman. I guess so. And then the other thing was Major Force is battling the baddies. And he makes this line about how Firestorm's going to work for Uncle Sam whether he wants to or not. But that line sort of comes out of nowhere. Like, it's, it doesn't make sense in conjunction with the rest of the book, or the rest of the panels. So it's sort of like, I guess maybe they just had to fit it in somewhere, and that's where it landed. So it was kind of strange. But those two things aside, overall, I thought this was a pretty decent issue. I mentioned last time, and I stand by the fact that I wish we'd gotten a chance to really explore these villains. They're sort of just power sets, not really characters. But in that interview with comicbook.com, Dan Jurgens did say that his original plan before the series got canceled, if, it, if the book had gone on, here, I'll just read it. If the book had gone on, it was my general plan for Firestorm to spend six issues hunting down each of the six villains he met in issue number 19. Each villain would have been the focus of one issue, which would have given us time to add depth to each of them. Major Force would have been an ally of Firestorm's, though it couldn't have lasted for long. Sadly, we didn't get to that point. Right. So you really, This is all super, super condensed. Yeah, so what, what makes me happy is that he did, in fact, have a plan where... Because I was concerned that we didn't get a lot of characterization out of the villains, but they would have an entire issue to explore the, each villain, which really, I think, would have gone a long way. Oh, well. I guess we can only wish for what could have been. Uh, let's see. Again, you know, I mean, it, it, in in the scheme of final issues, you know, if, if you go down the checklist, you know, supporting characters in the book, yeah, saved mom, Al saved the day, Tanya's there, big check mark. You know, great iconic foes, he fought all of his iconic foes. You know, Killer Frost, Black Bison, Multiplex. Um, all? What? All? Most. Most of his iconic villains. Again, why am I the one defending Firestorms over Cypher's Elite? What's going on? This is very strange. I'm, I'm... You're, you're in grief. You're in definite grief. We shouldn't even be doing this show. You're, you're in mourning. This I know. It's not the right time. It's, it's not. It's, it, probably in hindsight, people are going to write in and say, that show sucked. Shag, did, Shag, was, Shag phoned it in. It's not a matter of phoning it in. I think Rob's right. It's the stages of grief. <laughs> So, I can't even name the, I can't even name the six villains. Damn it! Killer Frost, Multiplex, Black Bison, Typhoon, uh, Hyena, and Plastique. There we go. <laughs> so you get the majority of his his best rogues. Obviously, uh, Bazooka Joan didn't make it to the party. Her invite didn't get there. Nor did uh, Zuggernaut or Slipknot. So, of course, Bazooka Joan. Bug and Bite. Bug and bite, right? Ugh. Absolutely. Although, I, as much as I pick on Slipknot, it's kind of uh, it's hard to beat Zuggernaut for sheer ridiculousness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I mean, if you got to go out, you face your, your some of your greatest foes. You have your family there with you. Professor Stein shows up, and you get invited to the Justice League. I mean, I'd call it a day and say, I not bad, you know. So if you got to go out on a positive note, that's a pretty damn good note to go out on.
Yeah, uh, joining me just like Ronnie, Ronnie did okay for himself. And Jason. And yes, and the both of them, yes. They're 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 two of a kind. Ronnie's the brawn, Jason's the brains. Right, but Ronnie gets all the glory because he's the one that you see. I know. I was just trying to point out a, a line from Luke's song, and B, some of that dialogue actually appeared in this issue. That's Luke right. We got it. Oh yeah, that's good. You mentioned that. I forgot about that. Forgot, so, forgot about that. Yes, mention that, please. So I just did. Well, mention it again. People can just hit rewind. <laughs> Do you not know how <laughs> podcasts work, Shaq? <laughs> anyway, I, I, I just want to say, you know, this this is the fourth cancellation Firestorm has endured. Oh, poor baby. I know. Someday we aspire to have as many uh, as six cancellations as Aquaman has had. Aquaman, six? Seven? I thought we were on Series 7. No, we're on Series 8. Oh, good Lord. Okay. I don't aspire Although to Although some so. of them were miniseries, so I guess that doesn't count as a cancellation. So if you... If I, you if you if you don't count miniseries, uh, yeah, I guess this would be six. So okay, so we aspire to have five cancellations, I suppose, as well. No, uh, actually, we don't. So <laughs> I don't want any more cancellations. So this is the fourth one, the third one I've lived through, if you will, because I wasn't really collecting when the series I wasn't collecting Firestorm at least when the first series came along. Um, actually, I wasn't collecting comics at all then. So. So I just suffered, you know, if you look at your your issues, you know, first first volume got five issues. We beat that. That's something. Second volume got 100 issues. Yeah, not so much. Um, third volume had 34 issues, I believe is what it was. Yeah. We only had 21 this time. So, you know, we came close. Uh, you know, a lot of the fans have, have been saying, you know, it's just a matter of time till volume five. I think we've probably got a while. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a long time for Volume 5. Yeah, so, but you know what? I'm okay. As long as he hangs out in the Justice League, if they kind of go, well, Justice League Detroit and go minor leagues and Firestorm gets dropped the book, then I'll be a little disappointed because he won't have a home anymore. And I, I really don't want him to join the Teen Titans, personally. It's a, it was a great issue. Sad to see it go. Really, though, it was very reaffirming, though, just to be sort of, quote-unquote, uh, electronically hanging out, if you will, with all the Firestorm fans this week, you know, doing our farewell, which was really great. I enjoyed doing that with everyone. You guys are the absolute best, whether you're a nuclear sub or a matchhead or both. Uh, you have my thanks. And you know what? We can uh, we we always have these comics. We can reread them. We always have the previous volumes we can reread. So it's not like anyone's taking away our Firestorm comics. We just don't have any new ones necessarily right now. Right, and as a way to celebrate Firestorm's this issue, you should all go out and set fire to something. You could set fire to your own hair. <laughs> just, well, I'm not, in, I'm hey, not hey, endorsing hey. it or suggesting it. I'm just saying. That you could do it, is what we're you saying. You could do it. Yeah. I guess I am technically suggesting it. I'm not recommending it. <laughs> uh, we're, I think we're just rambling now because we don't really want to say the final thing, but we have to. I think we're done. This, is, this wraps up the uh, Firestorm Part of the show, as of next episode, no more Firestorm. It's just going to be all Aquaman. It's going to be great. Um, that's a load of crap, <laughs> girls. Oh, I forgot uh, to send you that email. I'll send it to you when we're done. Oh, so, thanks. Yeah, thanks. By the way, um, just curious when you, uh, how your Armageddon clock's going. I think I'm starting to hear it tick a little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Okay. Just saying, uh, you know, 
if if Jeff decides to leave Aquaman, I'm I'm thinking we might be having this conversation again, just a little more wet. If Jeff decides to leave Aquaman, we are definitely having this conversation. You're you're not you don't have to insinuate anything. I'm totally <laughs> owning up to that. There's no <laughs> don't don't think you're fooling me into something. I'm totally admitting it. If Jeff Johns leaves Aquaman, and he will eventually, because you know, I mean, he just is going to have to. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to happen again. So it's just the way it is. So, so here's how egocentric I am. Uh, I'm sitting here reading the comic, right? Number 20. There's a scene where Typhoon knocks Firestorm around. And Typhoon puts a tidal wave on Firestorm and then does this giant fist and just smashes Firestorm to the ground. Anyway, Jason's saying, would you do something before we wind up in Atlantis? And, uh, and Firestorm goes, and meet Aquaman? That'd be cool. <laughs> okay, so the egocentric part of me goes... I wonder, could that have been a little tiny nod to us? Yeah. <laughs> I got to say probably not. Probably more a nod to the fact that the man wrote the series for, what, a year or two of Aquaman. <laughs> so it's probably more of that. But anyway, couldn't help wonder for a split second there. It was a nice reference. I do appreciate that. And that will make a good random panel of the day. Yeah. Hey, you know, see, like, what if <laughs> – I am terribly jealous because as a fan bloggers, we don't get a lot of respect. Um, we don't hear from a lot of creators sometimes. Dan, I mean, the Firestorm creators have been great, and some of the Aquaman creators have been great lately. So I, I'm not, it's not a that statement's probably not fair. But my jealousy went off the charts when I was reading Flash a few months back, and one of the characters' name was Kelson. <laughs> they actually. Called a, called a guy out by the name Kelson in the Flash book. And I was just like, oh, my gosh! If you don't know, Kelson runs the Speed Force blog. So uh, there was a total, a total moment of that. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I mean, I, I like to assume that any character named Rob is, is named after me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, you said it a moment ago when you said we're just, we just don't want to say it's over. So um, is it okay if I tell the folks at home what our plans are? Sure, go ahead. Okay. We are changing the series to an all-romance podcast, uh, all-romance comics. We're going to start covering the 1950s run of True Love. It's going to be and, great. Uh, it's amazing. And uh, we're going to cover some of the uh, Millie, the Millie the Model stories for a while. And uh, it's going to be uh, very different. It's still going to be fire and water, but it's going to be more like, you know, two things mixing it up. Kind of. Now, okay, I'm, that's, that joke's dying quickly. We had a lot of people ask what we're going to do when we're not going to have new issues of Firestorm Review. And, you know, we, we talked about it. We went back and forth. We're like, oh, well, we'll always have Justice League. Yeah, but Firestorm may not be featured in Justice League all that much. So we'll probably acknowledge Justice League, especially when Firestorm or Aquaman play a major role in the story. But that's not going to be our main goal. What we're going to do, as of right now, this is our plan, is when it comes to our next review issues, when it comes to Aquaman number 21, that same issue will feature our, our review of Aquaman 21, and it will include our review of... The Fury of Firestorm, the Nuclear Man, number one from 1982. Yay! Woo! Uh, a Jerry Conway, Pat Broderick production. We will cover that issue, and we will then move forward in sequence with Aquaman. So when we cover Aquaman 22, we'll cover number two. When we cover Aquaman 23, we'll cover number three. So and we will move forward, and if Aquaman can make it to 121 issues, then we'll figure out what the hell to do then. Yeah, he's not going to make it to that. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah, what, what's the furthest Aquaman's ever made it? 75. 75. Fire, the, Firestorm has gotten past Aquaman. Yeah, absolutely. Now, admittedly, Aquaman's gotten 
two. I mean, he had 75, and the other one was like 70, though, right? Uh, 63. 63. So, I mean, those, those are pretty good. You know, numbers. Of course, the 63 took two tries, I suppose. Yes, didn't it's it? hit. <laughs> All right, let's, we're circling the drain here. Uh, <laughs> people, could, people could have said that a couple months ago about Yeah, this I guess so. Uh, if you want to send us an email, uh, Jack, I'm talking to you specifically, it's fire. Apparently, apparently only Jack. Apparently only Jack. Fire, water. We should have said that the show's going to become an all penguin format just to get him really riled up. That would have been great. Oh, during the break? Check this out, Rob. I, I said something incredibly funny because, you know, I do that, and especially when we're not on air. And Rob laughed, and I swear he sounded like Burgess Meredith's laugh. <laughs> I am the Buddha of bumper shoots. Come on, uh, do it. Do it. No, do it. No, I can't. Do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, you want to send us an email? It's firewaterpodcast at conquest.net. You can fire our, follow our Tumblr at fireandwaterpodcast.tumblr.com. You can follow me at theaquamanshrine.com. We're also on uh, Facebook and Twitter. You can, of course, follow Shag at firestormfan.com and uh, Facebook, Twitter, what, a Tumblr as well? Yeah. Uh, yeah Firestorm Fan is also on Tumblr and Google+. And Google+. <laughs> there, there's been some activity on Google+. Thank you very much. We had a good handful of people do a Firestorm Farewell on Google+. Very nice. You single-handedly increased the Google+, usage by 20%. <laughs> well done. So, uh, is there, anyway, we, we want to, you know, we, we, we pay tribute to Firestorm. It was a good, good run. Uh, we've been enjoying covering it to this point and it will continue on, but it just in a different form. We hope you all enjoyed it to this point. The man said it all. <laughs> yes. Yes, Thanks. I did. Thanks, Matchheads. I really appreciate you sticking with it. And, uh, I, I'm looking forward to talking about Firestorm more in the future. Fan the flame, ride the wave. Bye. Bye. you feel, but this must end. Oh, Professor. You forget. I was there, too. You did all you could. Now you must stop feeling sorry for yourself.